One of my first jobs as a young journalist was on the CNN interview desk. My task was to find interviewees for our news shows. With airtime comes exposure and with exposure comes power. So of course I took this job very seriously. Years later, in 2005, when I was part of building up the Arab-based news station Al Jazeera English, it was a priority to bring in new perspectives from the global south, talking to people on the ground, to grassroots and minorities. But despite our best intentions, both at CNN and Al Jazeera, most of us were somehow blind to one huge challenge that has become quite apparent in recent years. The massive overrepresentation of men's voices in the media. A lot has happened since then, and while many news organizations are now working actively to bring progress, there is still a long way to go, even in the Nordics, where we have a reputation for being egalitarian. But how can we move towards a future of more equal representation in the media? And how does newsroom diversity affect what topics get covered and who gets a voice in the public debate? That's what we'll be covering in today's episode. I'm Josefine Folkwarts and you're listening to the Nordic Talks podcast. For the maybe first 20 years of my life, I wasn't into the feminist. This is Thora Arnusdottir from Iceland. I was like, well, you know what? Women just have to fight on equal ground, blah, blah, blah. And then I entered the workforce and boom, you just, it's like hitting a wall. She's one of three participants in a Nordic Talks debate about the representation of women in the media. And since then, I have been a militant uh, feminist and realized just how important the media is in that. Because media does not just reflect society, it also shapes it. Thora knows all about the importance of the media. For 25 years, she's worked as a journalist and a documentary maker in Iceland. She's won multiple awards and is now a managing editor at the Icelandic National Broadcasting Service, RUV. In 2012, she even ran for president in Iceland. Thank you for uh, inviting me here uh, to debate and discuss this extremely important issue. I'm not sure that everyone realizes how important this is uh, for the development of a society. The debate is hosted by the five Nordic embassies in Japan and takes place at the University of Creativity in Tokyo. As is custom here, everybody has taken off their footwear and are only wearing socks. The stage is designed as a large wooden circle with tall steps that participants sit on. Here, Thora is joined by Keiko Yamamoto. Hi, I'm Keiko Yamamoto. Uh, I work for NHK, Japan Broadcasting Corporation, Japan's public, public broadcaster. Keiko is a senior news division manager and commentator covering gender equality at this vast organization with more than 20,000 employees. And I joined NHK uh, in 1995. There's a good reason why it's necessary to have someone like Keiko cover an area such as gender equality. According to the Global Gender Gap Index, released every year by the World Economic Forum, 
Japan is number 116 out of 146 countries when it comes to gender equality, placing the country far behind other G7 nations. In our society, the women is like a 50-50, women and the men are 50-50. But in the diet, in the lower house, it's like only like a 9.7 women, you know, like that. It means the decision maker is like a man. At the other end of the scale, you find Iceland, Thora's home country, taking home the honor of being the most gender equal country in the world. It has been baby steps, baby steps, baby steps, baby steps for more than a century. Thora thinks a lot of it started with the Icelandic Women's Rights Association in 1907. Amongst other things, this organization founded its own newspaper to communicate its views and the importance of gender equality. They knew they needed the media to get the, the word out, to uh, convince people to tell them why they were doing what they were doing. Since then, it's been a topic that's become more and more prominent, something that's been the case in Finland, which comes a close second behind Iceland as being the most gender-equal country. If you look at our parliament, there are 47% of the elected ones are female. This is Anu Ubaud, the third and final participant in today's debate. She's a journalist and former editor-in-chief at Helsingin Sanomat, the biggest newspaper in Finland, and all of the Nordics, for that matter. Like her Nordic fellow, Thora, she believes her field plays an important role. Very happy to be here. And uh, I started my journalistic career path 16 years ago as a news editor or news uh, journalist. Anu has swapped her role as a news editor for a managerial role at the brand and communications agency United Imaginations. There she's working with sustainability issues and the societal impact of companies. I think you can't emphasize too much the importance of the media in, in all the development. Anu started her journalistic career 16 years ago and has since then played a huge role in putting gender equality on the agenda both inside and outside the newsroom. While working in the, in the newsroom, I was uh, in the leadership team and I was also leading and launching the 50-50 project in Helsingin Sanomat, which aimed to increase the percentage of women uh, being represented in the media. According to Anu, initiatives like this were and still are highly needed. If you look at the media in whole and see the editor-in-chiefs, it seems like it's 50-50. If you look at the magazine side, there are a lot of uh, female, female directors. But if you look at the news media side, only 30% of the editor-in-chiefs or leadership positions are for women. So it's still lacking uh, the development there. And, and I think this, we have to address this subject because media represents the world. Having that in mind when looking at Japan, it's clear that the problem with gender equality is not only an issue in the political landscape, as we've heard a couple of minutes ago, but also in the media. According to research from the Reuters Institute for the Study of Journalism, less than 10% of the top editors in the mainstream media in Japan are female. And that's critical because the editors have a huge impact on what topics get covered. It means like a no issue 
about uh, women's issues or gender issues because women journalists tend to cover the gender issues like that. So I think maybe the, this, the position of the decision making the, is so important. The gender you know, uh, position 116 is a kind of result of the, you know, like that, I feel. Thora agrees that having equal representation among editors is important because, as she says, there can be a difference between what some male editors tend to cover compared to female editors, something that's been the case in her home country of Iceland. I mean, before it was all about fisheries, uh, uh, economy and politics represented only by men, covered by men. And now... I mean, those, let's say, 20 years later, when this has been going on for quite a long time to diversify the newsroom and increase the the uh, part of, of female um, reporters, suddenly you have uh, municipal elections where childcare is the main political issue because it's not only a woman's issue anymore. It's just as men, uh, just as much, it's a family issue. And suddenly that's the big thing in, in elections, and I say that is because the media coverage has changed with uh, a diversified newsroom. Now, the question is, how can Japan and other countries that lack it get more equal representation in the newsroom? One thing Keiko has fought for, which seems like a good place to start, has been making the working hours and meeting schedules more family-friendly. Three years ago, I promoted as a management position. And now I can change the system. And, you know, before that, so we have a, like, a, like a meeting after the evening news. It means a golden hour for the, you know, childcare. We should go back to, you know, to cook, a, you know, dinner and, you know, bedtime. But after the meeting of the, you know, news, it means like, a, you know, we couldn't join the meeting, the important meeting. So uh, we, our like a mom and suggested, yeah, could you, you know, or, you know, have a meeting in the daytime? Why not? So, you know, as you said, you know, step by step, we change the system and more and more women can stay, survive <laughs> in the newsroom. Because childcare is so tightly connected to gender equality, Keiko knows it's important to make it a topic in the news so it can become a public debate. But when she started working in the media, she quickly realized it was very hard to make that happen. I realized the media dominated by men. <laughs> it couldn't be a top news in the, our news and newspaper. So that's why we founded the Women's Journalist Network. In 2001, she founded the network Bartok, which means the thorn of a rose. Thorn of the Rose is the name of our network because not only they're beautiful, but we have a thorn. <laughs> okay. Keiko's idea was to have a place where women, mainly working in the media, could share their thoughts and ideas on how to get more coverage on topics such as childcare and gender equality. So now the like member is more than like a 900. Keiko thinks that the network has played a huge role in putting topics such as childcare, gender equality and the Me Too movement on the news agenda in Japan. We all cover that issue, a kind, kind of, you know, work-life balance and we do Me Too movement. So all women journalists, you know, uh, cover the story altogether. It means kind of like a raise voices and make a public opinion, raise the, you know, public awareness and set the agenda. It's important. Because 
some of that news be become a, like a pop news in the newspaper and our news as well. Putting topics such as these on the news agenda is really important in order to spread the debate to the public. And every other month, Keiko has a chance to do exactly that. I'm uh, like a, uh, once in a two months, so I be, I am uh, like a editor in chief of our evening news, a uh, five fifty minutes program, and I set uh, you go news order, and sometimes the main is like a politics and economics, <laughs> something like that that I put you know women's issues or you know child issues, <laughs> you know sexual harassment issues on the top. It's kind of like uh, the agenda setting. If something is on the news, Keiko believes that people will take it more seriously. You know, the viewers watch the TV and, oh, it's top news. And is it important or like that? And, you know, make a kind of influence to the audience. Oh, it's news. Both Sora and Anu agree with Keiko and nod empathetically. According to Anu, making topics such as these appear in the news is extremely powerful in order to spark a public debate. Even though we have the social media and kind of everyone has the voice, I think uh, addressing subjects in the news gives a lot more power. So it's very important to address mm. those topics uh, in your network and, and, and bring them to light and give news, new space for them. This is a very complex issue. Thora jumps in quickly after Anu. But it's also not rocket science. We have, as humans, just built in inertia to change. Like, we don't like change. We want to have things uh, like they've always been. We're also uh, very visual. Like, that's why TV is so influential. And so when you show something that you haven't seen before, uh, top news mm. that have not been top news before, like, mm. hmm, okay, this must be important. Like, the f when we elected the first female president, it was like, that's not possible. Well, okay, this worked out fine, you know. And then it's no issue next time it happens. Hearing Keiko talk about the problems she's facing in Japan has really touched something in Anu. Because even though Iceland, Finland and the other Nordic countries are light years ahead of Japan on the Gender Equality Index, she still thinks that we can learn something from the situation in her country. The secret of the Nordic countries is the kind of humble attitude that even though we are kind of advanced in these uh, in these topics and gender equality we are kind of having this humble attitude like there's a lot to do still we have to fight so so because if you then look at the statistics i i think in finland you see the statistics that looking at the board members uh, of the companies looking at the percentage of women in the media looking at the leadership teams of the companies the percentage of, of the women is almost always about 30%. Mm. So I think that's kind of every, like 30% is something that we societally think it's good enough. So if we don't keep on going, it just stays there. And, and this is kind of like, you can say, okay, you're advanced, but why is it still 30-something? Mm. So you, you need to have the attitude like it's, it's a constant movement mm. and go on. So, what can future generations do to keep the momentum going and make sure that we keep pushing for a more equal newsroom and media coverage? To answer that, Sora is channeling the feminist awakening she had in her youth. The message to the younger generation is to put the elbows out, 
to raise voices, like Yamoto Sunset, but you also need to realize that women on average in the media, both the interviewees and the journalists, they in general get more harassment, more hate, they're made fun of, their intelligence and knowledge is questioned. You know, it's something that you need to be prepared for. But that's the price of it. It's other people's insecurity. And what's interesting, it's not necessarily the older generation that is kind of opposed to the change. It's often just people that are insecure. They they don't like how things are changing and they like to take it out on the people that represent the change. And so um, you can be prepared for that, but please be the force of change. I mean, nothing is going to change if it's not for you guys. But have the courage to follow through. Yes, my my advice would be similar. This is Anu. I think you always have to know the statistics, what is going on in the society. So you have, have to understand the percentage of women in Japan who drop off from the career. You have to understand how many women continue and how many not after having child. You have to know all the statistics, but you have to keep in mind that you can be an exception to the statistics. So just have courage, as Thora said, and, and it's very important to show example. I have three boys and one girl, so for all of them, I need to show an example. And that, that is something that everyone should do. But have courage. You can do it. For much of her career, Keiko has taken it upon herself to be a role model. And she has high hopes for the youth keeping the movement going. The younger generation is more like uh, interested in gender equality a lot more than the, the other generations. So maybe if you raise voices together, maybe the you know people in the management level, the men realize that younger men uh, are interested in gender you know equality. If they are not, that not like a women's issues, the men's issues as well. So please raise voices, and younger generation is so important. I feel. It's my, my, our hope. Mm. Great inspiration from Keiko and something I very much agree with. The youth of today is really engaged in gender equality and I'm confident it will translate to positive change in the future. As we've heard today, the representation of genders in the newsroom is essential to what stories are being covered and what voices are being heard, which in the end shapes a public debate. So we have to keep pushing for a more equal newsroom and in the meantime be more mindful of the stories we as journalists choose to cover and who we choose to interview. I could have been more aware of that when I started my journalistic career at CNN. Since then, I put a lot of effort into highlighting the problem and paving the way for change here in Denmark, where I live. Because even though we've achieved a lot in terms of gender equality, There's still year after year a disproportionate amount of men being interviewed by journalists, both in Denmark and the rest of the Nordics. I'm Josefine Folkwarts. Thank you for listening to the Nordic Talks podcast. Be sure to follow Nordic Talks on LinkedIn and find more information on upcoming events, new podcast episodes and much more.